You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Good morning and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name wow. is Sven. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> and and I, I am here at the precipice of greatness, introducing what I believe to be the greatest and almost not greatest podcast in what the world. What is this? I don't know what this voice it's like a, it's is. It's like a bad Vincent Price. Yeah, I thought it was Vincent Price at first. I thought this was a horror cast. <laughs> You need uh, Balky's grandfather? <laughs> exactly, Balky's grandfather. Uh, yes, this is Triviality. Uh, Neil here, joined by uh, Ken and Jeff in the studio, wearing masks, uh, as is the uh, new protocols here that we've all signed on to. Uh, mine, mine is a, a Michael Myers mask, though. Yours is a Michael Myers mask. Jeff is a mask made of human skin, uh, but we will never say where the skin came from, because that, that would be incriminating. Right, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah, uh, but Matt, so you're leaning into the weirdest intro you've ever done. It is very strange. Um, but uh, Matt, you're here coming to us from Hollywood uh, with your Perfect Strangers background. Mm-hmm. And wh- where did um, Perfect Strangers take place on the show? Uh, Chicago. It was Chicago. Okay, so that does look like a Chicago living room there with the uh, dark wood tones and classic bungalow style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How are you doing, Matt? I'm good, you know, settling into the new place, uh, hypothetically, loving it so far out nice. in Hollywood. Yeah, you got a parking spot, which is good. You're, you're, you can shield yourself from tourists. Well, I'm very close to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, so most of my life is surrounded by Spider-Man impersonators. Well, just remember, if they want to take a picture with you, do not do it because they're going to mm-hmm. want a tip. Uh, but uh, we have some very special guests with us today. Our first guest uh, is coming to us just north of Boston. And uh, she sent us uh, one of the coolest pictures uh, as an introduction when she became a Patreon supporter, which we appreciate. And it was a picture of her and her husband uh, dressed up as uh, two people that we are very fond of here at Triviality. Uh, and who are those people, Aaron? Um, hi, I'm Aaron. So my husband is a big wrestling fan um, and he grows a beard every fall and winter. And so his Halloween costume always has to involve a beard. And though growing up in the 80s, his favorite wrestler was Rowdy Rowdy Piper. He dressed up as Macho Man Randy Savage and convinced me to dress up as Hulk Hogan. And that pretty much exhausts my wrestling knowledge right there. Well, it was a great picture and we loved uh, we loved seeing it. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I live uh, just a little bit north of Boston in Melrose, Massachusetts with my husband and our two kids and our dog. Um, 
and I work at Harvard and um, I've been listening to the podcast for a couple of years. Well, we appreciate that and we appreciate your support. And we hope that uh, on one of the previous episodes, we told the story of uh, being in Boston for Geek Bowl and that we tried to sneak into one of the Harvard libraries. We trespassed. <laughs> we trespassed. Uh, but they didn't let us in. But, you know, next time, maybe. I don't know. That's next smart time. enough. Yeah. Call we, me. We did eat pizza, apparently, where uh, Zuckerberg used to always eat pizza. Yes. Because Neil insisted on going there. Yeah. I can't remember the name, but... Uh, <laughs> It was good. It, I mean, it was okay. It, and then we spent five that, hours. It was not that good. And then we spent five hours trying to find the best cannoli in Boston. That that was good. The cannoli was good. Uh, it was, but was it the best cannoli? I don't in think Boston? I've ever had a cannoli that I could differentiate from another cannoli. <laughs> there, the the best type of cannoli is after you've killed another mobster, and then you you leave your gun, but you take the cannoli because it's so good because you just escaped death. I'm gonna find you the best cannoli in the world, and then buy one from Jewel and see if you can tell the difference. <laughs> Okay. Hey, I know my cream, so don't <laughs> test me. Um, anyway, but uh, yes, uh, thank you very much for being here, Aaron. And uh, our special guest host today who wrote the questions, we've been trying to get him on the show for a long time. And I do want to say thank you to him for not only being a Patreon supporter, but also uh, playtesting most of the games that come on Triviality. He's one of our biggest playtesters, and you can join him in the crop. So if you're a host, you can post in there that you need some playtesters. And uh, he will surely be one of them. But uh, that is Louis de Rojas, and he's also coming to us from Massachusetts. And um, he just received a COVID test that I drove cross-country to give to him. So how did that go? Uh, it was good. Uh, the test itself wasn't uh, wasn't that bad. Uh, I got a negative result. And in this case, uh, negative is a passing test. So that's uh, I'm pretty happy about it. Negative is good. Yeah, you know, I had a dream about getting a COVID test and that they wouldn't let me get out of the car. And the person giving the test either gave a thumbs up or a thumbs down. But when he gave the thumbs up, it's like, is that a good thing? Is like, I, positive? Is it a positive? Or is it, or is it no, it's negative. You're great. Or is so, it like thumbs down, like in Gladiator means you live? Yeah, right. Exactly. So uh, It sounds like modern Seinfeld to me. <laughs> it is It is kind of like modern Seinfeld. You're right. Well, Neil, if, it, if it's any comfort to you, uh, two weeks ago we kissed and I still haven't come down with COVID. So I think you're good. Oh, good. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for that, Ken. Um, so, Louis, um, what do you do out in Massachusetts? Do you also work at Harvard or no? I do not work at Harvard, un unfortunately. Um, I'm, I'm somewhat close, though. I'm about an hour outside of Boston, north uh, northwest in Westford. I work as a field engineer for a utility company. And so uh, spending a lot of my time doing engineering things. Uh, well, it uh, looks like it's going to be me and Jeff teaming up today once again. Uh, and uh, we had a, a name that came up um, because uh, our friend Earl Baum texted me and told me that Macho Man is the voice of Space Ghost's grandpa, which I had no idea about. Um, so if you ever, <laughs> there's a great video he he showed me of uh, Space Ghost's grandpa interviewing Raven Simone. It's very <laughs> random. You guys are going to be Grandpa Space uh, Ghost. Gra right? Grandpa Space Ghost. Um, and in the same vein, Matt and Aaron. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me being uh, from Los Angeles now, or being on the East Coast, we're going to be coast to coast. All right. It's Grandpa Space Ghost and Coast to Coast. Let's toss it over to the rules guy. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream! All right, well, we heard the rules. Uh, Louis has a full game written for us that we're excited to play. 
Aaron and Matt versus me and Jeff. Let's get it started, everyone. All right, great. So round one, all general knowledge questions. Let's start it off with, in the 1996 movie Space Jam, the nerd Lux steal the talents of five pro NBA players, thus forming the Monstars. Name four of the five NBA players that had their talents stolen. <laughs> all right, we are locked in. Okay, quick lock-in from uh, Coast to Coast. So, Jeff, I know um, Ewing is one. Yep, I know Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley. Yep, Muggsy, Muggsy Bogues. Bogues. So it's three. Um, I feel like Chris Mullen is one of them. Uh, I'm not certain, though, and I, I know there's one other one. Maybe whoever would have, would have been the center. I guess Ewing would have been center. I, I, we just got to think of point guards. Hardaway? No. No. Was Space Jam accurate and... and court positionings <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what you know it's it's all up in the air when you're playing in space right yeah like we can't take him we already have a center that's what they <laughs> said there's no rule that says a monster can't play basketball um let's just go chris mullen because i'm not too sure okay i like this because i know we've been asked this a bunch of times and neil i always feel like you're like i got this i got this and then you get it wrong and it's sad um uh the four that i'm sure of are definitely patrick hewing uh charles barkley Larry Johnson, and then Sean Bradley is the big, tall, white guy. Um, and then the fifth one would be Muggsy Bogues, but we locked in with the first four. Yep. So the five uh, that had their talent stolen were Charles Barkley, Sean Bradley, Patrick Ewing, Larry Johnson, and Muggsy Bogues. That's why I had Larry in my head. Yeah, and I was thinking of the Dream Team, not the Monstars. Although they were Monstars <laughs> across the, the world. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Aaron did know that Michael Jordan was in the movie, so yeah. she was she helped was a big guide me on that one. <laughs> guided me to those answers. Except there. the Looney Tunes actually stole Michael Jordan's talents. Right. <laughs> he no. did not actually volunteer. In Baseball that movie. stole just, just, uh, Michael Jordan's talents. Just a reminder: he did not volunteer. <laughs> Who stole Wayne Knight's t- uh, powers in that movie? Seinfeld. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So, question two for round one. All of the following things happened in what decade of the 20th century? So thing number one, canned ravioli was first pioneered by Chef Boyardee. Thing number two, the first FIFA World Cup took place in Uruguay. And three, the Hindenburg explosion. So what decade of the 20th century did all these things happen? We are locked in. Oh, locked in quickly. All right, Aaron, what are you thinking? It's the 1930s. 30s? Yeah. Okay. That was what I was thinking, too, because I remember just doing a thing on um, the time person of the year, and I know that that had nothing to do with this. Uh, never mind. <laughs> we Chef can Boyardee, the times 30s. person of the year. <laughs> I was thinking the Lindbergh baby. Yep, and um, I'm pretty sure the way I always remember when the Hindenburg is is because I think it's 25 years after the Titanic, which is 1912. So that make it 37, and so we said the 1930s. Yep, and Jeff is exactly correct. 1937 was Hindenburg Explosion, so all these things happened in the 1930s. All right, so question three for round one. The pairs of Scar and Simba, Poseidon and Apollo, and Red Foo and Sky Blue all have what in common? Uh, I think we can actually lock in over here. What do you think, Aaron? Are they like uncle and nephew? So I know Scar and Simba are, and that... Would make I think Poseidon and Apollo are two, right? Because that's how the weird hierarchy works. I think, <laughs> I think so. So we can we can lock in with the uh, the uncle nephew thing. Uh, we were in the very similar situation. Um, there's a scene in Brooklyn Nine Nine that always cracks me and Colleen up uh, when uh, Andy Samberg's character is locked in solitary in a jail and he he recites a line from Lion King 
uh, where he goes, uh, oh, Mufasa, did I miss it? That was simply awful. And he like scratches down the, the rock. Anyway, um, we believe Scar and Simba are uncle and nephew. So we walked in with the same. Um, and yes, so the answer here is uncle and nephew pairs. So Scar and Simba, Poseidon and Apollo, uncle and nephew, Redfoo and Sky Blue are the members to LMFAO. Oh, okay. Oh. Neil's favorite They're band <laughs> yeah. that we recently discovered. They're uncle and nephew? They are, yeah, surprisingly. That's weird. They can really... Very, <laughs> very weird. They really shuffle well. I thought they were the same age, but... Yeah, for sure. That I knew, but uh, I did not know their names. All right. So round one, question four. What coastal West African country is the largest producer of cocoa in the world, providing roughly 40% of the world's supply? And no, most of it is not white chocolate. You guys are locked in? Yep. Okay, so we kind of went over a lot of countries, just talked about them, and then I asked Erin to just name her favorite West African country, and what did you say? Senegal. Stephen Senegal, that's what we said. (laughs) I'm going to break your elbow. Um, Yeah, so we we named a couple countries. We we weren't sure what the clue or reference in the question was, uh, but Jeff angled in on Angola, so that's what we locked in with. So no points for this one. Uh, the country I was looking for was Cote d'Ivoire or the Ivory Coast. Mm. White chocolate. Oh, so there's yeah. yep. We said it. I subconsciously Sorry. I knew it. I just I should have pushed harder. Yeah, that was my bad. All right. So round one, question five. What comedic actress is known for playing Karen in Will and Grace and one of Ron Swanson's ex-wives in Parks and Rec? Bonus fun fact, she is also married to Nick Offerman, who plays Ron. We're locked in. What is her name? Oh, it's um, Megan Mullally. Mullally? Yeah, because I always, I always get it confused with Mullaney because of John Mullaney. And then I think it's, I think it's Mullally. I think I that's think, how you say it. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to lock in with Megan Mullally. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we also locked in on uh, Megan Mullally. Points all around, Megan Mullally. Do you have a John Mulaney impression in the tank, kind of all? Not really. No. You got to be really good with that one. It's it's almost so comical you that it's a have to do pig. the vocal fry. Yeah. But that's all I can. Yeah, that's a tough one. What well, after uh, five questions, looks like uh, Coast to Coast has uh, forty points, coasting their way uh, to the high score, and uh, Grandpa Space Ghost has thirty points. Got to catch up here, Jeff. It's only ten points. It's not good enough. (laughs) Chill out. (laughs) Chill out. (laughs) Hey, so uh, continuing round one, question six. Uh, Author Charles Lutwidge Dodgson is better known by what pen name that left fans growing curiouser and curiouser? Mm. Dodson. Got Dodson here. See? Nobody cares. (laughs) I had to do it. I'm sorry. You didn't have to do it. (laughs) You're you're correct. That's incorrect. (laughs) Okay, so you're locked in. Um, yeah, we're having a little bit of trouble here. I for initially I thought it was a reference to Curious George, but I couldn't even tell it you. Could be. I couldn't even tell you the author of Curious George. I know Curious George has no tail, which is a little weird. Um, <laughs> Did you watch the Mandela Effect too on on Netflix? I, I saw a link about the Mandela Effect uh, after you. The had movie posted. is very bad. I heard it was really really good, so it must be a difference of opinion, or we're just getting it wrong. <laughs> or um, different timelines. Yeah. I don't know, like Steinbeck maybe, or um, wait, Charles is that Charles Dickens maybe? Oh yeah, maybe. We could try. We got Dickens wrong another recording. Let's try it again. We're gonna go with the Dickens. <laughs> all right. Well, this is all you, Aaron. So what did you say? So uh, we think the curiouser and curiouser is referring to Alice in Wonderland, and then it's Lewis Carroll. 
And yes, uh, points. So the answer here is Lewis Carroll. Sorry, Colleen. She's going to be so angry because she directed Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> uh, all right. Yep. And you nailed the clue too. Curiouser and Curiouser was Alice in Wonderland. Great. All right. So uh, question number seven. There have been 12 movies in the Airbud franchise. Which of the following is not a movie in the Airbud franchise? So I'm going to give you four options. I want which one is not a movie in the Airbud franchise. Number one, Airbud Seventh Inning Fetch. Number two, Airbud World Pup. Number three, Airbud Spikes Back. And number four, Airbud Personal Howl. I hate them all. <laughs> okay. I have, I have a lot of Airbud knowledge, so we're going to have to discuss. Okay. All right, these guys are locked in. So, what did you guys have? Um, so we we had some discussion. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm 100 positive that seventh inning fetch is one of them, uh, and then spikes back I think is one too. So then we were between world pup and personal howl, and uh, I guess personal howl just sounded so dumb that it has to be one of them. So we locked in with world pup. So we uh, we had the opposite. I mean, we pretty much in line with what you said, but. Uh, personal howl just felt really weird to us because golden retrievers don't really howl. Uh, wolves howl unless there is an evil wolf character. Uh, but we just thought, you know, there, there's no howling in baseball. baseball. So <laughs> so uh, we went uh, personal howl. All right. So there are points this round. So seventh inning fetch was a baseball. Spikes back was volleyball. World pup was soccer. And personal mm-hmm. howl is not part of the Airbud franchise. Gotcha. Uh, that was 15 minutes of me trying to figure out a dumb pun that mm. is almost passable. So, uh, <laughs> so my feelings aren't hurt that you didn't no, get you it. succeeded. Yeah. No, you you did a great job, and I will say I I haven't felt this much enjoyment of getting a question right than reasoning out personal howl not being the real one. So thank you. <laughs> you split the room. All right, next question. The types sandhill, whooping, and telescopic are all types of what? Okay. I think, I think we're good. Excellent. These guys are good. So what did you have? Okay. Um, so we started talking about whooping cough and quickly moved on from that. And then, uh, Aaron, what did you suggest? We thought maybe um, we, I remembered whooping crane as a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember an episode of King of the Hill where they had to kill a whooping crane or something happened. So that's where that's where my knowledge there was. So we said crane. We had a very similar discussion. Uh, we knew it wasn't uh, whooping cough as much as we wanted it to be, um, but uh, we, we couldn't really come up with a good answer, and we said that these were all former names for the band tag team who sang Whoop, There It Is. <laughs> Great answer, but uh, there are points here. So crane was the right answer. Sandhill and whooping are the animal crane, and telescopic, I, throw, I threw that in there, is a machinery kind of crane, a telescopic crane. Uh, I suggested that as a joke, and it was right. <laughs> He got us with the engineering knowledge. I, I thought they were all the same. All right. So next question. To all volcano is a volcano that most recently erupted in January of 2020. In what country is this volcano located? And to all is spelt T-A-A-L. We are locked in over here. Okay. Um, so our initial thoughts were with the spelling of to all, I think it's possibly... Asia Pacific, and that's a big volcano hotspot. So, um, any countries in that area jumping out to you, Aaron? Um, no, I mean, we could do, gosh, Indonesia, Philippines, Singapore, Malaysia. I I think I like Malaysia. I think we can lock in with that. It sounds 
fun, I guess. Like a fun place for volcanoes. Let's, why not? We're yeah. locked in. All right, coast to yeah. coast with Malaysia, you guys? Well, we tried to look into our knowledge uh, from Timely Lee Jones uh, in Volcano and uh, Pierce Brosnan in Dante's Peak. Didn't prove fruitful, um, but we thought it was in the same area that uh, the other team was talking about. Uh, we mentioned Indonesia, um, Cambodia, and, you know, just from the spelling of the name, we kind of zeroed in on Thailand. We're not sure if it's right, but that's our answer. All right, so no points here. The country where Ta'al Volcano is is in the Philippines. Mm. Ah. Yep, and uh, I'm Filipino-American, and my dad was actually trapped in the Philippines for a little while because of this eruption uh, that happened earlier this year. So, fun little fact. Oh, wow. is he, he's okay, though. Yeah, no, he's fine. Yeah, okay, good. everything's uh, good. It's, they were evacuating, evacuating, I think, the like closest 14 kilometers, and he was at the 17-kilometer mark, so he was oh, all right. Man. 2020, wow. what a year, right? Crazy. And barely anything happened this year. <laughs> Brush fires, volcanoes. They'll brush over this year in the in the history books. <laughs> twenty twenty, nothing happened. Don't talk about it. <laughs> Skip ahead. All right. So last question for round one. It's a movie before and after. So I'm looking for two movies joined by a word. Shouldn't be too difficult, but here it is. Rob Minkoff directs an orphan mouse as he befriends a talking Venus flytrap. We are locked, locked in. in. Yeah. Do you know this one, Aaron? No. Uh, I believe that the talking mouse was, um, what's his name? Michael J. Fox, uh, Stuart Little. Alex and B. you're looking at. Oh, Stuart. Yeah, Shop of Horrors. Yes. <laughs> That's what we're locking <laughs> in with. Yeah, we said the same. We said uh, Stuart Little Shop of Horrors. Yep, and both teams nailed it. It is Stuart Little Shop of Horrors, which would be a great crossover. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. it would. And before I give the score update, quick shout out to the kid in the orphanage who got passed over for the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> he always needed a shout out. That's all he needed in life was just someone to give him a shout out or or adopt him. But <laughs> That's how or villain parents. stories start. <laughs> yeah, right. A shout out or parents, whatever. And with that, uh, Coast to Coast uh, trudges ahead with 70 points. Grandpa Space Ghost a little bit behind with 50 points. Well, speaking uh, of uh, some fun fun jokes and shout-outs, uh, we love having all of you over at the crop, uh, whether it's uh, playing games on there, saying hello, hearing your, your name shouted out uh, if you're joining Patreon, just like uh, Louie and Aaron. Uh, but um, yeah, it's pretty exciting to be over there. So if you have a chance, come hang out with us. You'll see new announcements. Uh, we are taking part in the 2021 uh, trivia calendar, uh, which we mentioned uh, a few episodes ago. So if you want to get on that, you can go to triviacalendar.net. Uh, but uh, speaking of Matt, who's here, uh, Hollywood Matt now, as we're calling him, um, he's always <laughs> going to be looking for questions in the crop for uh, some Patreon bonuses, right, Matt? Yeah, so every month I'm going to post uh, in the crop uh, kind of a feed. You can ask any questions. If you've ever had any questions for us, thought, you know, wanted to figure out what our favorite Spice Girl was. I think we already said it, but if we haven't said it recently, you can ask for that. We'll answer it on a special Patreon bonus. Uh, it's going to come out every single month. Uh, so just reply there, ask us some questions, and you'll get a shout out, and you'll be on the Patreon bonus episode. Awesome. Hollywood Matt is pretty similar to the old Matt, except he wears black now. <laughs> That's true. He's got just a, a tinge of eyeliner where you don't know if it is eyeliner or if it's just his complexion. Just a tinge. I'm not sleeping as much as what it is. <laughs> yeah. All right, Louis, uh, feel free to uh, throw us into the swing round here. What do you got for us? Yep. So the swing round. So I was thinking of uh, what topics and subjects to put in the swing round. And uh, as an engineer, I do 
a lot of work with acronyms. And so I figured I'd quiz you all on some household acronyms, but I'm going to be a little forgiving. I'll ask for the acronym. Um, I'll give you the letters, but I want only one of the specific letters. You don't need to tell me the entire acronym. Just looking for one specific letter in that acronym. Gotcha. All right. So uh, the first one for the swing round. So recording and playback device VHS. I'm looking for the H in VHS. That is number one. Number two, video game company EA. I'm looking for the A in EA. Number three, HDMI, like the television cord. I'm looking for the I in HDMI. Number four, TV network CBS. I'm looking for the C. Number five, TV network ESPN. I'm looking for the P in ESPN. Number six is technology company IBM. I'm looking for the B. It's bowel, isn't it? <laughs> That's the other type of uh, IB. Um, number seven, telecommunication company AT&T. I'm looking for the second T, the last T in AT&T. Number eight, URL as in a web address. I'm looking for the U. Number nine, Disney Park Epcot. I'm looking for the P in Epcot. And last, number 10, fashion brand DKNY. I'm looking for the D. Who's not, right? Uh, <laughs> <damn it. laughs> I, I swear so many times me and Ken have the exact same joke queued up. <laughs> All right. And we'll what, be... it, there's always something. All right. We'll be back uh, after they consider these answers. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All the answers are locked in. So, uh, Louis, uh, let's go back through the questions. 
Yep. So number one, recording and playback device VHS. I was looking for the H. What did you guys have? Uh, we'll start here, I suppose. Um, this one we came to pretty quick. Uh, we believe it's home. Oh, we also uh, locked in with home. Yep. And home was the correct answer there. Video home system. Awesome. Number two, video game company EA. What did you have for the A? Uh, yep. Yeah, we said that's uh, arts, like our good friend Matt. Yeah, it was always a joke growing up that I would name my son Electronic so he can be Electronic <laughs> Arts. Um, yes, and the answer there was Arts for Electronic Arts. Louis, can you please give us your best EA Sports that's in the game? Oh, gosh. All right. <laughs> I got to bring my voice down a couple octaves here. So uh, EA Sports, it's in the game. Very nice. That's not bad. Very yeah. nice. <laughs> I thought he was the guy for a second there. <laughs> yeah, it's like I was in the room with you. <laughs> All right, so number three, HDMI, like the television cord. I was looking for the I in HDMI. What did you all have? Yeah, this is uh, what I like to call emoting from inside, and I call it interface. Interface. And we weren't sure on this one, and so we guessed instrument. So the answer here was interface. It is high-definition multimedia interface. All right, number four, TV network CBS. What did the C stand for? All right, we believe that one is the Columbia Broadcast System, so we said Columbia. Yeah, I drive past the studio every day on my way to work. I'd be remiss if I didn't know that was Columbia. Yep, points for both teams. Columbia is the answer here, so it's Columbia Broadcasting System. Number five, another TV network, ESPN. What was the P in ESPN? This one we had a little bit of trouble with, but we tried to reason it out, and we figured maybe ESPN stands for Entertainment Sports Programming Network, so we said programming. And we had a similar conversation and also came up with programming. Yep. The full acronym here is Entertainment and Sports Programming Network, so programming was the P there. Great. Except for hockey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number six, technology company IBM. What was the B in IBM? Um, well, we didn't know. We figured maybe that it was business. <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, also thought that it was business. That is correct. B is for business in IBM. Oh, Neil, you were singing a little song with that too, right? Oh, yeah. The, it's business time. Is that uh, <laughs> Flight of the Concords? Yeah, yeah Flight of the really Concords. Yeah. Yeah. All right, number seven, telecommunication company AT&T. So what was the second T in AT&T? Yeah, I kind of remember this one being um, American Telephone and Telegraph. So we said Telegraph. Stop. <laughs> yeah, we uh, also said Telegraph. Yep. Points all around. Telegraph. Well, that it is American Telephone and Telegraph. Is a useless Perfect. letter. Th th this American <laughs> Telegraph? Hello. Stop. My name is Stop. Ira Glass. Stop. Welcome. <laughs> Right. Why do they? Why didn't they just drop the letter once we got rid of the telegraph? Doesn't they just be at? Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to pay my money to at. I don't really want to pay my money to AT and T either. But you know, you got two choices pretty much. All right, number eight. So URL as in a web address. What was the U? <laughs> this went through us uh, for a loop a little bit. Um, we know that like URL and HTML are often come up in trivia, but we still haven't really gotten them down. But we figured maybe it's universal. Yeah, this is one that I feel like I've gotten wrong several times, and I think I think it is universal, but so that's what we locked in with. And the answer here was actually uniform. Yep. So URL's uniform resource locator. All right, number nine. 
Disney Park Epcot. I was looking for the P. What did y'all have, have uh, for answers? So we we think Epcot might be something prototype City of Tomorrow. So we didn't have to worry about the E, and so we think P's prototype. My favorite story, though, from Epcot, though, is I went there in 99 with my family, so my sister was like three years old, and we were watching the fireworks, and she wanted to get a better view, so she stuck her head through the fence, and uh, apparently it was a one-way fence because we spent... Uh, <laughs> spent about 45 minutes uh, with park services trying to uh, dislodge her from the fence. <laughs> and that's the most fun you can have at Epcot. Right. There, it really is, yeah. In do the they city. slather the sides of her head in butter? Or how do they, how do no, do they, they literally just were like really patient and like everyone tried to lightly compress her head back out. Do you think when Walt Disney imagined the city of tomorrow, the futuristic city to represent all cities, that uh, people's heads would get stuck in the fence? Probably not. I hope so. I've been to Epcot a few times, but never uh, with quite as much uh, of an event as Jeff had. But we uh, we didn't really know. Matt knew that it was City of Tomorrow. So we thought maybe it was, I don't even remember what we thought the E was now, but we guessed perfect. So the answer for this one is Prototype. Nice. The full acronym here is Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. Oh, community, not city. Okay. Mm-hmm. The last one for the swing round, I asked for uh, the D in fashion brand DKNY. Yeah, um, just for, for all the clothing and purses that I own, I knew that this was Donna Karen. So we said Donna. Yeah, I had no idea, but Aaron knew that this was Donna for Donna Karen. And that is correct, Donna for uh, Donna Karen, New York. All right, that concludes the swing round. Looks like Coast to Coast gained 35 points, bringing them to 105, maintaining a small lead. And Grandpa Space Ghost, 45 points in the swing round. Now they're at 95. So now it's a 10-point game. So uh, we are going to go into round two, which is another general knowledge round with a little bit of a twist. So the twist here is numbers. The answer is either going to be a number or it's going to have a number in the answer. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So we'll start off with round two, question one. We're going back to Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan took a hiatus from the NBA in the 93-94 season. When he returned, he chose not to use his signature number, 23. What number did he wear for his return? We can lock in. Yep, we're locked in over here. Mm. Matt, Matt is mm. considering. Matt. He doesn't know. Matt's having a real hard time with this one. <laughs> he just threw his Chicago Bulls hat on the ground in anger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, he, he chose it was his brother's number. His brother played in high school. He chose his number 23 because he wanted to be half as good as his brother. That's how the story goes. It's probably not true, like most Michael Jordan stories. But he came back as number 45. And Jeff, we said number 45. Yep, both teams nailed it. So he returned with the number 45. And he also wore number six for one game one time because the equipment manager lost his uniform. Was that guy fired? Probably, you think or no? I don't know. I think he's probably <laughs> paid by the other team or something. So I will say okay. as a, a quick uh, side note, if you haven't seen The Last Dance, the documentary, how about the all-star of the documentary being uh, his personal security guard who's playing coins with him or whatever and beating him? <laughs> <laughs> that was the he best. He does the shrug. Oh, yes. I love it. So good. Well, like that game where you throw the quarter close to the crack. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. his head of security, he's got this really curly hair, very like funny looking character. Um, and after he beats Michael Jordan, because he doesn't like losing, he does like the Michael Jordan shrug at him. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on to question two of round two. What Lil Wayne song samples Banana Boat, Deo by Harry Belafonte? and contains the rap lyric, Young Money Militia, and I am the commissioner. You don't want to start Wheezy because the F is for finisher. 
Mm-hmm. Also contains that real G's move in silence, like lasagna. Like lasagna. <laughs> so we can we can lock in. Sorry. Matt is a huge Lil Wayne fan. <laughs> I am. Um, I believe this one actually it samples um, the the lyric from Banana Boat, uh, which is Harry Belafonte, I think. Um, and I think it's uh, six foot, six foot seven foot. <laughs> I'm I'm very impressed that you do that. Uh, yeah, six foot seven foot. Yep, the answer here was six foot seven foot. I do like Lil Wayne, uh, but uh, his his uh, verse Easy. his verse on Chance the Rapper's um, can't remember the name of the song, but anyway, on Chance uh, Chance's uh, latest record, uh, No Problem, I think it's called. His verse is so lazy that I think he was just paid to be there, and he kind of just spit out something and took a check home. Like his guitar solos when he picked up a guitar randomly and decided he was he was going to do that for a little bit. Yes. Oh, he's, man, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's a weird guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question three in round two. How many of the planets in our solar system are not named after a Roman god or goddess? We're locked in. Okay. I think all the planets then are... I, I know... Is, what about is what what's what's Earth named for? <laughs> so Earth, <laughs> Earth is not. I don't think Saturn is. So and probably Neptune. Neptune is probably so. Is Uranus? I think so. So maybe we're just looking at two. Sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two. Um, we think actually they all might be, with exception of Earth. So we just said one. So I did throw a little wrench into here. So I specified Roman god or goddess. So the answer here is two. The two planets being Earth and Uranus. <laughs> All right. Uranus is actually named after, uh, I think it's a Greek king. Uranus. You guys were right for the wrong reason. <laughs> you could have stopped after right. <laughs> and I'll take it. Um, okay. So we go to question four of round two. There are 64 squares on a chessboard. But how many triangles are on a backgammon board? God. Good luck. <laughs> Does Phil Jackson know this one, Matt? Uh, he's a big backgammon guy, so maybe. Uh, I, we're just going to lock in because I, I don't even think I've ever seen a backgammon board, so I'm just going to guess. <laughs> You're just going to guess a number. All right, Aaron, how's your backgammon game? Um, I think the last time I played backgammon, Reagan was probably in office, so... Mm-hmm. It's a little hazy. I want to say like 16 or 32. I just can't remember how big it is. Yeah, because it, it's usually like in one of those boards where you open it up. Yeah, so like it's like a little sides. briefcase. Yeah. So 32 would make sense. And then there'd be 16 on each side. Is that? Yeah. Uh, That's either so right or like a cartoonishly large backgammon board. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? No one plays this. Uh, so... We'll say 32, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, 32 it is. Okay. Aaron, when you first started talking, I thought you said you played backgammon with President Reagan. (laughs) That's what my brain computed, and I was like, oh, man, that must have been really intense. Um, But, uh, yeah, we didn't know. Uh, As I said, I've never seen a backgammon board. When he wins, does it go, this one's for the gift? Oh, I thought we were going to get through one <laughs> one Reagan reference about the... Jeff actually, be, I was I was stretching it out to wait to see if Ken thought one was coming, but then hit him with one like a, a jab, but, I, but Jeff got it. <laughs> After the question, I was going to say, I'm glad we got through that. We couldn't. Um, but uh, yeah, we we decided to go with a television show that probably would have been one of Reagan's favorite. We said 24. 
All right. So the answer here was actually 24. Oh, wow. What is this guessing? That's crazy. I got one included in my probably mostly a chess and checkers set. So I have the board somewhere. I never play it, but. So you somehow like soaked up the knowledge by by owning it? I don't know. I just saw it in my head and I was just like, that sounds like a good round number. You feel good Mm -hmm. now, but then Louis is going to throw in how many pieces are in Moncala and then we're screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next question. No. (laughs) Um, Number five in round two. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, Mrs. Vasilyeva of the Russian Federation has the world record for most children born to one mother. Within 10, how many children is she credited with giving birth to? I sure hope they were nice to her. Yeah, we can lock in. Really? They're yeah, just I know kids. This, I know this exact number. <laughs> no wonder you sired so many children. <laughs> oh, my All God. Right. Yeah, so it's we're, you got to be looking at a big number then. You have to remember when I was a kid that I was like a real dork and I had the Guinness Book of World Records and I saw her in there and it listed like with the breakdowns and I was like, I still couldn't figure out how it was possible. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that the clue was hoping that they were nice to her, meaning that I'm immature and I think that the answer is 69. <laughs> and and hopefully it's within 10. So we're going to we're going to say the old 69. <laughs> yeah, we too went 69. And I just want to say that the way that Jeff wrote the number 69 on the paper really does its purpose. That's that's as far as I'll, that's as far as I'll go with that, but he really wrote it in a in a questionable way. And just for us, we want to say 69 and it's Russian, so we had uh, Google Maps or Google Maps, of course, but Google tell us. 69. There you go. Well, it sounded dirty. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. So uh, the answer here was 69. Oh, right. And the breakdown was uh, 16 pairs of twins, seven sets of triplets, and four sets of quadruplets. I want, Have they made a documentary about this? They should, like, find all the kids and see what they're doing. And that'd be really Isn't fascinating. Isn't that the Umbrella Academy? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't they're all it. super-powered children. <laughs> <in this. laughs> they were all born on the same day. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, that brings <laughs> Coast to Coast up to 145, uh, still trailing by 10. Grandpa Space Ghost with uh, 135. So speaking of five questions into the second round, Aaron, uh, you told us a fun fact about your husband and the number five, and it's his five favorite movies, and two of them are two movies that we would like, I heard? Yes, yes. One is actually over your shoulder right now. Um, So Roadhouse and Point Break are in his top five, and they are far from my top five, but I still watch them a lot anyway. Well, it's good. And we heard that uh, he isn't really big into trivia, but you're trying to get him to listen to the show. So maybe he will now, knowing that we have a Roadhouse poster in our studio. Yeah, between the movies and the wrestling. And I think you guys talk about craft beer a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. This is the trivia podcast for him. Awesome. (laughs) We appreciate that support. Are the other three movies all Airbud movies? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, uh, Shawshank... um, Close Encounters and Spinal Tap. Oh, classic. He's got Neil's yeah. number. There's like three of those for sure are in Neil's top five. Yeah, when we can yeah. hang out in person, <laughs> tell him that he's he's got a, a date with me. We'll hang out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring the popcorn. All right, continuing in round two, <clears throat> question number six. 
Rocco's Modern Life aired on Nickelodeon from 1993 to 1996. What band formed in 1976 performed the theme song for seasons two through four? We can lock in. Okay, uh, Rocco's Modern Life uh, show I used to love uh, watching. I believe uh, the the way that the song went, they were like Rocco's Modern Life, and it sounds like B fifty twos to me. The lead yeah, singer could be. So we're gonna go B fifty twos. Yep, and for the same reason, that's a very identifiable voice. It's B fifty twos. Points to both teams. Yep, the answer here was the B fifty twos. Who we saw at Riot Fest? Were you there for that? Ken? I was. I was watching somebody else. I wanted to see the B fifty twos. Who was playing? alongside them i can't remember but yeah they were super fun it was super fun to me maybe ride or something like something weird Mm -hmm. 2020 is a crazy year i think we've had like six ride fest references on the show because it's not happening yeah we're just (laughs) lusting after ride fest right Mm -hmm. so when you saw b52's live did they play the rocco's modern life theme song or (laughs) they did not no it was just love shack for 25 minutes see that's a shame because um bowling for soup plays the uh phineas and ferb live when you see them, the the singer is uh, the voice of Chuck E. Cheese right now. Why do we always talk about Bowling for Soup? I don't know. <laughs> I don't crazy. Know. They're so good. That's why. <laughs> it's crazy how not prevalent they are in pop culture and how much we talk about them. That's that their at, their uh, magic, though. Is they they just everyone talks about them and they just continue <laughs> to be relevant. I was at work the other day, Matt, and I saw a pizza box for one in the recycling, and I thought, oh. That's sad. And then I noticed that it was Chuck E. Cheese takeout pizza. And I went, oh, my God, this person needs help. Oh, our friend Kevin, by the way, me and Ken, he decided to go on DoorDash and order a Chuck E. Cheese pizza. Who orders takeout from Chuck E. Cheese just for yourself without having the arcade games? I don't get it. Or children. Yeah. And then Charles showed up at the door in full costume. But, you know. Do you have to have a kid at your door to take the pizza? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, they call the police. Yeah. And uh, just for the record, the B-52s played against American football, Matt, so I'm surprised you uh, you were a B-52s camp. Yeah, well, you can only hear Never Meant so many times. Until you start crying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't need it to pick me up at that time, not to come down, so. <clears throat> All right, moving on to question seven of round two. Louis the Great, not me, also known <laughs> as the Sun King was the king of France for 72 years from 1643 to 1715, the longest reign of any monarch of a sovereign country in European history. What number Louis was he? A number that Franklin Pierce may have also been fond of. You guys are locked in? Mm-hmm. So initially, I, for some in my head, I thought Louis the 16th, but with the Franklin Pierce clue, I know Lincoln was the 16th president, mm-hmm. so that's obviously not right. Um... Was he was Franklin Pierce the thirteenth president then? No, Millard Fillmore was thirteenth. I don't know why I know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, those, those are the two you know for sure. <laughs> yes, I'm that episode solid on, on Rugrats, where the Jeopardy parody finale answer was Millard Fillmore. Yes, <laughs> she did win she the Golden his... Dalmatian, by the way. Oh my God! I was just going to say that. You know that episode as well as I do. <laughs> um, so, I think maybe fourteenth. Unless he was before, I don't think he was before Fillmore, because I think Buchanan was immediately before Lincoln. Yeah, that sounds right. And Tyler was before two, those two? I don't know. Yeah, Tyler was when William Henry Harrison died, which was in the 1840s. Okay. So, so we're, we're getting up to it. <laughs> so I think 14? Yeah. That Louis the 14th sounds like a thing I've heard before. 
So, so with, the, with, the, with that confidence, <laughs> I think we can lock in with 14. We had a very similar conversation uh, with the presidents and everything. I remember the 14th. I think Louis even said he was the sun king and sun god. I remember he had like a uh, um, a chest armor that had a, a sun on it that kind of uh, spanned the entire uh, chest area. And I think, Ken will have to correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I think Leonardo DiCaprio played King Louis the 14th in Man in the Iron Mask. So I'm not sure. You're not sure. I remember you watched that recently, though. Uh, you told me about it, at least. Uh, but I think it's the 14th. That's what we went with. All right. Yep. The answer was the 14th. All right. Yep. Franklin Pierce being the 14th U.S. president. So uh, question number eight in round two, a little bit of sports math. I'm going to give you three uh, clues. You're going to take the numbers, add them together, and you tell me what number you get in the end. So sports math, what number do you get if you add how many strokes under par in albatrosses? Second clue here is Brett Favre's jersey number. And number three is the maximum number of times one team can hit the ball on their side of the court in volleyball. And uh, with the albatross, uh, it's under par, but use the positive integer here. The absolute value. The absolute value. (laughs) The absolute value of albatross. (laughs) We are locked in over here. Um, So we talked about uh, albatross. Um, Pretty sure that's three under. It goes birdie, eagle. Albatross, uh, Brett Favre, famously number four. And then for volleyball, you're looking at bump, set, spike, usually. That's what you want. So three. And altogether, we got ten. So ten it is. Um, Similar math here. We said uh, ten. Yep. Points to both teams. So Albatross is three under par. Brett Favre's jersey number famously is four. And the volleyball is bump, set, spike, three. So the answer here is ten. Great job. And each team gets 10 points for that. There you go. Question number nine in round two. What number is superstitiously believed to be cursed in the history of classical music due to the belief that it would be a composer's last symphony? The most famous example being Beethoven. We are locked in. Hmm. What do you know about classical music? Not very much. Um... So when I when I think of Beethoven, the the one right, that's his famous one. Yeah, because I always saw parody shirts of Beethoven holding a fifth of vodka, and it's (laughs) hilarious every time. Good shirt, frat bros. Uh, So fifth is what springs to mind, but I I think that one's completed then, right? If it's his famous one, I think so. But what would maybe it's was that his last one? I mean, it could be. If he's so famous, he only did five. Like, I don't know. Come on, right? But (laughs) maybe. (laughs) That's me judging. I apologize. Uh, (laughs) I guess I guess we could go with fifth. That it's the one that jumped out to us, right? Yeah. I mean, the only other thing I thought of was, could it be seven? Which would be ironic because that's like considered a lucky number otherwise. But Beethoven's fifth is definitely. What I, you know, the one the one thing I know about Beethoven. Yeah, and seven is actually superstitious, unlucky, I believe, in Japanese culture. Is that right, Ken? I don't know. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. I was like, I know in China, it's four, four. is unlucky. Yeah, because four is my uh, favorite number, but in China, it's not. Yeah, yeah whatever. Um, so I guess maybe maybe we just go with fifth. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. All right. Um, I could be way off now, uh, now that hearing your discussion, but I believe Beethoven's Unfinished Symphony was his ninth symphony, so we said nine. 
So there are points this round. Nine was the right answer. Mm. His ninth symphony. There were other composers like Schubert and, and Mahler and a couple of others, but Beethoven's the most notable example for the ninth. So Matt would have been back in those times like, come on, man, you only got to nine? Nine symphonies? It's not good enough. <laughs> Matt is frozen. <laughs> Matt, at the comment of uh, accosting Beethoven, Matt's just frozen now. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, he's back. And he's back. Back again. I'm back. Ooh. Tell your friends. Yeah, Matt uh, is using uh, the original IBM. Um, <laughs> he bought it from eBay, and he's just trying to get used to it. All right, so we're on to the final question of regulation. Yep, final question of round two. The television show community had started a meta hashtag that was originally intended for the TV show The Cape, but was ultimately adopted by the community fan base. What was the hashtag? We're good. Yeah, Jeff knows. I was waiting for you to lock in. Um, Aaron, do you know it? I don't. It's hashtag six seasons in a movie. That show's never coming back. <laughs> six seasons in a movie. Yeah, we said six seasons in a movie. Yep, the answer here is six seasons in a movie. Good job. Uh, Community is my favorite show, so that's kind of a little bit of a nod. If you ever do a bonus episode of Community, I want in on that. Oh, it's, so it's the, in. The people are asking for it's it. It's in so. the works. Yeah, you'll have to be on it. It got to six seasons, didn't it? Yes. Even though the last one was like on Yahoo.com or something <laughs> like Yep. All right, that brings us to the end of regulation. And that last five questions, Grandpa Space Ghost drew even. So we're at 185 to 185. Wow. Um, well, Louie, I know you have some great uh, final round categories for us. Uh, before we get to that, just wanted to thank you both for being Patreon supporters. If you'd like to join Aaron and Louie, you can uh, do so at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And Jeff, um, why don't you just tell the, the folks at home, I know we have some brand new tier names and, uh, and uh, perks under those names, but uh, what are some things that people are going to get if they can join us at Patreon? Absolutely. Thank you, Neil. So yes, bonus episodes are our main forte over there. Matt just introduced the new crop drop, so you're getting two bonus episodes a month. Posters, basically just check us out. Patreon.com slash Triviality Podcast. If you can contribute to the success of the show, we greatly appreciate it. We say there's perks at every level that people will enjoy. We've worked really hard on those, and it's one of the most satisfying things we do every month, mm -hmm. shipping those things out to people. So, Yeah, help me get a new computer. <laughs> For the love of God. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Louis, uh, what do you have in store for us for the final round? So the final wager round here. Got five questions. The topics are what a twist in the red, white, and blue corner, fast fashion, a bad professional, and face the music. Okay, the wagers are now in. It looks like Coast to Coast is going to be do doing 20s all the way down and Grandpa Space Ghost 30s all the way down. So mm -hmm. let's see how it pans out. All right, great. So question number one, what a twist. This is the only actor to play a character killed by a Terminator in 1984, a Xenomorph in 1986, and a Predator in 1990. All right, number two, in the red, white, and blue corner, what WWF WWE superstar won the U.S. a gold medal in freestyle wrestling at the 1996 Olympics with a broken neck? Number three, fast fashion. The Kelly bag is a fashionable woman's purse brought to fame by Grace Kelly after filming Alfred Hitchcock's To Catch a Thief. What designer brand created this godly bag? Number four, a bad professional. There are 206 bones in the human body. The world record for most fractures is 433. Who has this record? All right, number five, face the music. 
The band Weezer had their first show in 1992, where they opened for this Hollywood actor's excellent band, Dogstar. All right, they'll take a couple minutes to think these over, and we'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. Yeah, the show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. All right. All the answers are now locked in. So with 20 all the way down again, coast to coast, and with 30 all the way down, uh, Grandpa Space Ghost, let's see how they did. So for number one, what a twist. The only actor to play a character killed by a Terminator in 1984 or Xenomorph in 1986 and a Predator in 1990. Who was it? Uh, yeah, we wagered 20. I had no idea. Um, Aaron, what did you say this was? Uh, this is a guess, but we guessed Michael Bean. Yep, over here, uh, Michael Bean uh, is very close. Uh, he was in Terminator, the original. Uh, he was in Aliens, not Alien. Or I guess it was just one of them. But uh, he was not in Predator 2, which was 1990. Mm. So we said Bill Paxton. Yep, and the correct answer here is Bill Paxton. Mm. Um, number two in the red, white, and blue corner. So what WWF, WWE superstar won the U.S. a gold medal in freestyle wrestling at the 1996 Olympics with a broken neck. Uh, yeah, this is Wager 20. Uh, very famously wore his gold medal to the ring when he first debuted and that kind of stuff. Uh, I said Kurt Angle. You suck. But no, that's for <laughs> Kurt Angle. Yes, uh, we also <laughs> said Kurt Angle. Yep, and the answer there is Kurt Angle. Uh, number three, fast fashion. The Kelly bag is a fashionable woman's purse. Uh, I asked what designer brand created this bag. Yeah, and it's uh, pretty well known out in my neck of the woods. It's a Hermes. Yeah, uh, designer of needlessly expensive straps for Apple Watches. We said Hermes. Matt butchers the language, doesn't he? He's not Hollywood yet. He's almost there, but until he starts <laughs> saying Hermes. Hermes. Yep, and the clue there, fast fashion, godly bag, Hermes. Number four, bad professional. There are 206 bones in the human body. The world record for most fractures is 433. Who has this record? Uh, yeah, I weren't really sure. but the guy who's fallen off his motorcycle quite a bit. He said Evil Knievel. And uh, yeah, I think I think he broke probably 20 of them in one accident alone. I think this is Evil Knievel. Both teams nailed it. So it is Evil Knievel. And then the last question for the, the final round here. 
face the music. The band Weezer had their first show in 1992, where they opened for this Hollywood actor's excellent band, Dogstar. What did you have? Yeah, we think this is Keanu Reeves. And uh, yes, the co-star of your husband's, uh, one of his top movies, Aaron, we said Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Both teams got this one too. Keanu Reeves is the correct answer. All right, that will conclude the game. Uh, looks like uh, Coast to Coast ended with a very respectable 245, but in the final round, Fortune favored the bold, and gaining a perfect score of 150 in the final round is Grandpa Space Ghost with 335, the cream of the crop. Yeah, that was a wonderfully written game, Louis. Um, that final round, I think, just really kind of fell into our favor with uh, movies, wrestling, fashion, Keanu Reeves, and uh, stunts. So, <laughs> it just all all Neil's specialties. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, we really appreciated that game. And uh, If you swap the Daredevil out for um, Magic Performers, I think that would have been Neil's perfect swing round. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, Louis, uh, any shout-outs or, or final words from you uh, for this game? Yeah, um, with quarantine going on, I'm just playing a lot of online trivia, so I'll just shout out to all the groups I play with. So First Round Jokers, Sidewalk Cracking Cod Squad, show the Socially Distant New York crew, uh, my girlfriend Audrey, and uh, the folks over at The Crop. They're a great bunch of people, and it's uh, been awesome to kind of interact with everyone on there. That's awesome, and thank you again for being a play tester. Uh, it's really nice. So if anyone has a game that you will be hosting for us, if we've scheduled you, make sure that uh, you post in The Crop, and hopefully Louie will be one of the play testers um and speaking it's like the bat signal yeah right exactly <laughs> and uh speaking of your game question 10 in the first round uh your girlfriend doesn't have to worry that there's an audrey too is that correct exactly actually i i put that in there because that was her first that was her favorite question so <laughs> okay good good well a uh, shout out to her um aaron how about you any uh shout outs or uh final words from you yeah, just thank you so much um, for this opportunity. This was really fun. Um, really enjoy listening to the podcast. And like Louis said, um, interacting with folks on the crop. And shout out to my uh, Patrick Swayze loving husband, Sean, and kids Tyler and Zoe, and dog Rudy. We're all spending a lot of quality time together these days. And um, everyone just keep wearing your masks and be healthy. Great words. Uh, appreciate both of you joining us and being Patreon supporters. Um, and uh, yeah, until next time, uh, for Louis, Aaron, Hollywood, Matt, Jeff, Ken, myself, and uh, everyone else out there, and to you, Sean, vaya con Dios, and that was <laughs> Triviality. <laughs> <laughs> we need a second. We got the giggles in the studio here. Neil's about to lose his water. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Neil, Neil took a sip and now he's spitting it out because he's having a fit. Oh, an actual spit take. <laughs> oh, my mask is all wet now. Oh, <laughs> oh my pants are soaked. <laughs>